I've never been more out of my element in a podcast. Real Housewives <laughs> and The Bachelor. Oh, man. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm joined by Jill. How you doing, Jill? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And we're also joined by Melissa. Melissa, how are you doing today? I'm good. Hopefully I don't sound super congested on today's recording. You sound way better now than you did even an hour ago when I spoke to Thank you. Thank you. So. Hot tea works magic. Yes, That'll it do it. Yeah. So I'm sorry if making you talk for 45 minutes is going to progressively make your voice worse for the rest of the time. No, but it, it should be fine. Hopefully yeah. I just don't sound disgusting. That's what's important here. So. <laughs> well, we couldn't do this one without you because you... you came up with this idea and you also made all the list of books that we're going to recommend so all of the books um yeah do you i will let one of you two kind of describe what we're going to talk about here i'm literally just going to be here for comedic relief and to chime in now and then because you guys have this list so i will i will shut up and let you guys explain it oh great (laughs) sure um how about you do it melissa since it was Sure. So we've talked a lot about how to find like good read likes. So if you like this book, how to find you know other books you might like. And I found personally helpful outside of just books, like if you like certain things in pop culture, you might also like books. So movies and TV shows. And I really gravitate towards TV shows. I have always loved TV and books. I'm not someone that thinks you need to like choose one or the other. And so for me, and I think for some people that aren't as voracious of readers, um, a good pop culture entry point to like books that they might like is always helpful. So I thought about like, if you like certain TV shows or genres of TV shows, um, there are some books that might tie in with those. And so I came up with a long list of suggestions that we could talk about today. And we appreciate your long list because it made our jobs easier. So much easier. (laughs) So much easier. So one of the things that I really want to talk about, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about Rory Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I am obsessed with Gilmore Girls. Like yes. a lot of people, I think it's one of those shows that a lot of people just have a special place in their heart for. And I watched it in high school and college, and then they just um, had some new episodes on Netflix. And so I'm always been into Gilmore Girls and there's a lot of reading tie-in because one of the main characters on Gilmore Girls, Rory, mm-hmm. also loves reading. And if you just Google Rory Gilmore Reading Challenge, there's like 300 plus books or something. Ridiculous. Indeed there are. <laughs> um, so that's a really good starting point um, to find a lot of classic literature. There's a ton of, it, it really is a lot of classics, although there's a good mixture in there. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Rory... Uh, the main character is Lorelai. She's played by Lauren Graham, and she's written two books. So one is fiction, one is nonfiction. Her fiction book came out first. It's called Someday, Someday, Maybe. And for all of these, I really recommend the audiobook um, when the author is reading them, mm-hmm. especially with Lauren Graham. Um, Someday, Someday, Maybe is about an actress in New York in like the 90s. So it's loosely based on her experience, but it's fictional. And then she wrote a memoir this last year called Talking As Fast As I Can about Gilmore Girls and Parenthood. And so both of those are great reads Mm -hmm. and easy suggestions for Gilmore Girls fans. Um, There's a couple of like Gilmore Girls inspired books. They just came out with a cookbook called Eat Like a Gilmore. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I mean, they do a lot of eating on the show. They do. And they they have a... 
I'm tangentially aware of most of what happens in Gilmore Girls because my wife also loves it. Mm-hmm. And so in building up to the Netflix show coming out, she rewatched all of it. So even though I didn't sit down, sit down and watch most of them, I, they're always on in the background. So I know things like the fact that they do – they run a bed and breakfast kind of a place, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so they have a – a lot of high-end food that comes out. And um, so, yeah, I guess it makes sense that they would have a cookbook. That's totally fair. That's... Yeah. And the girls like to eat a lot of junk food and stuff. And so Eat Like a Gilmore plays on some of those things that, get talks, that gets talked about on the series. Um, so that's a fun kind of tie-in. Um, there are also a couple of more recent recommendations based on the episodes that were just on Netflix in November. There's a major plot point in those episodes that I won't... Spoil if people haven't watched, but it surrounds the book Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Mm -hmm. And that's a great read anyway. Mm -hmm. And most libraries will have it. Mm -hmm. And you probably won't have to wait at all or as long as when it first came out. So it might be a good time to revisit that book and try it out. Um, So Wild and also The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo also played into the most recent revival, oddly enough. So both of those are good recommendations to kind of tie in with your Gilmore Girls watching. Um, I could probably go on for a long time about Gilmore Girls. Say, but look, yeah. I mean, we could have like a whole episode about yeah. Gilmore Girls. We probably, probably could. We, do you guys, um, <laughs> well, I mean, the only tie-in that would make me really excited about that is something that I know that Melissa also loves is we are both massive fans of Jason Manzukis, who is on the How Did This Get Made podcast and he's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and he is obsessed with Brooklyn or with uh, Gilmore Girls. Um, he's on a podcast. I think it's called Gilmore oh, Guys. Oh, Gilmore Guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife. I love Gilmore Guys. At my wife, Alex, says <laughs> Gilmore Guys all the time, specifically for Jason Manzoukas. Yeah. So. And he has a cameo on the new episodes Does he? of, okay, that of makes Gilmore me happy. Girls. Yeah. I, I love him. Yes. So okay. we could go on forever on that. <laughs> um, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> see what other TV recommendations I have here. Can we talk about the Guilty Pleasure reality shows? Oh, yes. Because that's kind of my jam. Let's. <laughs> Let's get into that. I know you sent me this the list, and I was like, "Oh, you have Courtney Robertson's book on here." I yeah. totally read that from The Bachelor. Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely read that. And what's funny is that I am not like a regular Bachelor watcher, and I read that without having seen her episodes. Oh. I was just really curious because it's called "I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends," <laughs> which is one of those like great reality show yeah. sayings it is that fascinates me. And so I read it. It's I didn't come here to make friends. Confessions of a reality show villain. I mean, that's enticing. Title. That's a good title. So I did. I read that, even though I am not a bachelor watcher. And uh, there's been quite a few bachelor and bachelorette contestants who have written books, which I think would be good kind of trashy tell-alls if you're into the behind the scenes of what happens on those shows. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think the behind the scenes part of the reality show is the the fun part yeah about reading those books mm-hmm. yeah there's a, a show called unreal on lifetime which is about like the behind the scenes it is a fictional show but it's mm-hmm. based on kind of a bachelor type mm-hmm. show and that's what i love about it is that it's like those behind the scenes producer moments and what happens when the cameras are off and so that's i like reading some of these also like a couple of real housewives have written books also phenomenal titles um <laughs> This is Ramona Singers is called Life on the Ramona Coaster. Oh man! I mean, uh, oh Ramona! I'm so torn between loving and hating that. It's such a good play on words. Yeah, Ramona's the best. Yeah, I'm, I think there's one. Um, 
Teresa from New Jersey, I think. Yes, I... Yes, I listened to hers. She narrates it herself. And it was funny because, like, I I had... I think I read it after. Um, I saw her actually, like... They did an episode where they saw her in the recording studio trying to record... For her audio For her audio book. And then, like, then listening to the audio. It was very meta. <laughs> Isn't it called something about, like, turning tables or flipping tables? Because that's her. That's her yes, thing. I'm going to look it up because that's I cannot. Fantastic. Um, um, oh, also, while we're talking housewives, Andy Cohen's books are phenomenal. Also, audiobook recommendation mm-hmm. on Andy Cohen because it's like he's... He is really dishy. Like, he will tell you all the, the secrets. He does not care. He talks. He's also a big name dropper. So he talks about his friends and uh-huh. how he has parties with Madonna and like crazy stuff. But a lot of um, dirt about the different Real Housewives ladies and who he likes and who he doesn't and yeah. all of that. So that's always fun. Uh, Teresa's book is Turning the Tables from Housewife to Inmate and Back Again. <laughs> Perfection. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. Perfection. I will say, Agreed. speaking of name drops, and we've talked about him ad nauseum before, but we had Alan coming on the podcast, and his uh, second book, or third book, his most recent book, You've Got to Get Bigger Dreams, is like a collection of pictures of pictures throughout his life. He loves taking pictures. And he awesomely name drops people too. He's just like, I was at this party with Oprah and my No big deal. Yeah, he does it's and if he doesn't do it in a way that it feels like snarky, he just says it in a way where you're like, Your life. That is your life, mm-hmm. Mr. So. We get to name drop Alan Cumming though from I know and I and we have so many times. Every time I've been watching Sherlock and he does the intro on Masterpiece, uh, I was like interview that guy it's not I a just big deal that last night. yeah i was like oh i'll come i'm so behind on my teeth i we need to watch sherlock i haven't watched series of unfortunate events yet anyway, oh yeah which is a book tie-in both of them are both of those are see you contributed i i helped out guys <laughs> contribution <laughs> yeah. um, no those are two things getting ready to go to the american library association so i've like just only been reading the past like two weeks so when I come back, I'm gonna sit in front of Netflix. But anyway, you can get us back on on track. I was just I was trying to talk for a little bit to give Melissa a chance to not talk straight through for a half hour because I know that she doesn't feel great. That's all right. Uh, I'm so helpful, yeah. you guys. And relevant and talking. series of unfortunate events is that's I think relevant. Now is a good time to revisit that book series because actually, of the new Netflix show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm told is very dark, which it should be. I'm glad mm-hmm. that I saw a bunch of reviews that were like, yeah, the series of unfortunate events is, is very dark and it's, it's not incredibly funny. I'm like, you should read the books because yes. that's the source material. They're actually <laughs> staying true to it. So anywho. it's always a good thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. There were more that you guys, there are more books on our list here. So oh, yes, of course. Um, let's see. Oh, still on the guilty pleasure kind of reality side of things. Did you know that Snooki has written books from Jersey Shore? Because she has. She has indeed. Multiple. Um, some of them fictional. I think she wrote a memoir and then I think they're fiction. all fictional. Well, I mean, sure. Boom. Sassy. Boom. Snooki. Sorry, Snooki. She's just living her life now and I'm bringing her back up. But Snooki's written. So if you have liked any reality shows in the past like decade, there's likely a chance that someone has written a book. Um, and they're probably hilarious. So yeah. check yes. those out. Um, so reality, but a different kind of reality, like home shows. Mm-hmm. I love HDTV and it's one of the things I'm sad that I don't have cable anymore is I can't just like put HGTV on and have it it's, on all day. It's a good yeah. background. Yeah. But I am reading right now the Magnolia story by Chip and Joanna Gaines, who host Fixer Upper, which is my fave. 
um, watch it online, even though I don't have cable anymore. And that's their story. There's not, that's not actually like a how to, that's more of a like life story that they've written just about their family and how they got into things. Um, but there's a couple of hosts on HGTV, like the Property Brothers that have written more like decoration DIY kind of books. So those are always good recommendations. Again, if you have a favorite host, um, same with Food Network. There's, I was just going to say this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Celebrity chefs, like everyone has a cookbook. So it's easy to find based on name. If you like someone, do a search. Mm-hmm. Good chance they have a book. Um, and with that, there's a lot of recommendations, even for people that aren't necessarily like on HGTV or on Food Network. But if you like that kind of thing, you're going to like other home type of books. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend Young House Love and uh, their second book, Lovable, Lovable Home, too, by John and Sherry Petersick. I love them. Yeah, I love them, too. They've had a blog for a long time. They also have a podcast now. Mm-hmm. And they are really good um, kind of read-alike option if you like HGTV kind of shows and DIY. They are more creative than I am, but I yes. strive to be. <laughs> Like them, I think to myself, like, well, I like what they've done there. Maybe I could do it. And then the reality of it is probably mm-hmm. like half of what they could do, I could do. So, well, to be fair, that's like their full time job. Is, that is, yeah. that is true. They are going to flea markets and flipping yes. pieces of furniture and making them look yeah. fabulous. Yeah. It's, it's funny how you say that. I, so I did the exact same thing with cooking shows. I love cooking. So, like, we'll be watching Chopped and, They'll create something crazy, and I'll be like, I could do that. And so cooking-wise, I'll, like, try to steal their ideas. But then when it comes to HGTV, like, we'll have that on in the background now and then. And I do enjoy watching, like, the Property Brothers, I I enjoy watching those shows. But it's I think it's a special kind of awareness to be like, I could not do any of that. My sister-in-law is very arts and crafts, and she'll do, like, they'll be like, oh, you just take a, a planter and you drill a few holes and you spray paint it and now it's a beautiful lamp. And I'm like, no, I could never do that. So uh, that stuff always impresses me because I'm just very aware, like, yes, good for them. I will hire someone to do that because I I would mess it up so bad. Yes. Okay, sort of tangentially related on the food thing. I have a friend whose daughter is on the Kids Baking Championship this season. <sighs> so if you ever want to feel really <laughs> insecure about your own baking skills... <laughs> Go watch like nine year olds compete. So oh. it's funny you would say that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we had a friend actually on one of the last seasons, same thing. We had a friend whose like niece was on there and I think she came in second or third and same thing. I was just like, I'm so good at cooking. Oh, I'm garbage at cooking. <laughs> they are they are ten years yeah, old. Yeah, and- like I can bake, but what they're doing, I'm like, mm, yeah. nope. Yeah. Like when the pans are like bigger than their head sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you're gonna, oh you're gonna my gosh. That. You're thinking you're going to And you have to like know because, yeah. I mean, I follow recipes. They don't have recipes. This is just all on the fly. Yeah. I know. Well, that's how, I mean, yay, good job, children. Also, like anyone that could do that, I yeah. am super impressed. When I watch um, like the great um, British Bake Off or mm-hmm. the baking mm-hmm. show. It's a good bake. It's such a great bake. I love those shows because they clearly have to just know their stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like also that it's very kind. Uh, Mary Berry has also written some books. So I'll look saying, those up yeah. because she um, is so sweet. But the, she knows her stuff, but she is not one of the harsh kind of food judges. Yeah. She so just loves food and loves cooking and is very supportive of everyone on those shows. And Wait, so, you're absolutely right yeah. when it comes to baking. That's actually why I like cooking as opposed to baking because I like to 
change things up and and make, and we've talked about this I think a few times previously like you can't do that with baking so it is super impressive when like just this little nine-year-old's like I need two and a half cups of this and I need mm-hmm. four ounces of that and I'm just sitting there like no I would just make a gelatinous gross <laughs> mass it's a bread pudding <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah it's, uh, it's a rice pudding there's no rice in there it's a, uh, something but yeah try it out something yeah i know sue perkins has some books too mm, yes although we have them i'm not sure about all of the geography restrictions but they exist <laughs> yes. um some of the cooking books i like are from like alton brown where it's not mm-hmm. just, oh yeah just, it's not just recipes it talks about like the science of cooking and why things go yeah. the way that they do mm-hmm. so um alton brown i love Al- alton brown he's really like very much into the um, breaking down what why things happen when you're cooking so there are a lot of books out there like that where it's not just a hundred different recipes it's why things work and how to pair stuff and and then you can get creative like Michael Simon who is mm-hmm. on the Chew. Yeah, I think See? that sounds right. Talking about TV shows yeah, still yeah, later. There you go. Michael Simon who's a Clevelander and we've talked about his books a few times mm-hmm. in the past. Like he has the um the five different what's it um like yeah. five and five. Yeah, mm-hmm. five and five where it's diff- five different really easy to use ingredients to make a recipe really mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So um yeah, there's I, I love when it's not just like here's fifty recipes. I like when they kinda have a theme or a, a idea around them. Yeah, providing more context I think helps yeah. with some of those, makes it a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. And now I'm hungry, so thanks guys. Yeah, good job. You're guys. welcome. <laughs> um you guys ha- I'm gonna let you guys keep steering here, but <laughs> Is there, are there more? Were there more HGTV things that we cut you off there? Yeah, I think that covers most of the HGTV. Like I said, I think recommendation-wise, that's a good genre. Like if you like HGTV, you're going to like a lot of the home kind of DIY project books, and there's a lot of them out there. Um, let's see, oh, can, I need to talk about what I last listened to, and I'm so excited about uh, Leah Remini's book, Troublemaker. Yeah. It is, there is actually a tie-in. There's a Scientology docu-series right now on A&E that she's a part of. She was also on King of Queens for forever. Um, and Saved by the Bell. Saved by the, the Bell. Day. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, she was Stacy, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, on uh, the beach. Beach. Mm-hmm. So Leah Remini's been on TV for a long time. And she was also in Scientology for a long time. And so this is a book about her life and her involvement in that organization. And then her decision to leave. Um, and I always love Scientology reads, like going clear was fascinating. And, um, so this one, especially if somebody that was a part of that church for so long, and you could tell just in the way that she talks that she's still kind of in it, you know, like because she grew up and her mom was a Scientologist and she spent so long in the organization that the language that she uses is very like Scientology, you know, um, and so I'm fascinated by that, and I can't wait to watch the docu-series. I haven't started it yet, um, but I just finished the book, and now my husband's going to listen to the book, and then we're going to watch the series together mm-hmm. and kind of see going deeper into some of the people that have been um, kicked out of the church and things that have happened in their life since, and it's fascinating. Yes, and if you can get the audiobook, get the audiobook. Absolutely. She narrates it herself, so... Yes, and she's a character, and yes. yeah, so that is definitely a, a recommendation there. Um, I'm trying to think of other like kind of dishy, 
books, like tell-alls. I, I feel like I've been saying a lot of, I really like gossipy books, but that's kind <laughs> that's of... That's okay. Like some of those reads. Um, I read Naya Rivera's book. She was Santana on Glee. Her book is called Sorry Not Sorry. It is not a well-written book, so I can't like wholeheartedly <laughs> recommend that you read that book, but there's some good like behind-the-scenes drama from Glee and... She was engaged to Big Sean, the rapper, and like that kind of stuff. So uh-huh. if you follow tabloid stuff, that was interesting. Um, but in a quick read. So if you like a trashy read every I, now and then, that's real fun. Yeah, yeah. Real fun. I will admit to loving Glee because yeah. it was very theatery and so that that was one of yeah. my guilty pleasure. I would like Alex would put it on and I'd be like, oh, you're watching Glee again? And then like 10 minutes later, she'd look over and I'm on the couch like, that's like, that's, this is a good mashup. This is a good one. That's a- <laughs> the dancing. Yeah. 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 Oh, Glee. Glee. There's a lot. I mean, there's quite a few tie-ins. I think um, Chris Colfer has written some books. He was yeah, hurt yes. on that show. So if you really are a person who liked a show, you could track people down who have written books since then. But if you want some of the drama behind the show, that's uh-huh. Naya Rivera provided that. Um, I also am really interested in the history of SNL. Yes. And a lot of that kind of drama behind uh-huh. the scenes. And there's a lot of it. I mean, decades of that show and so many cast members have gone through it. Um, Live from New York is the massive book about that. And so good. It's really good. And they update it every couple of years to include some of the newer cast members oh. and writers. So I read it years ago and then, um, read or revisited kind of revisited it and read some of the updated material with newer cast members and um so they really get into it and people it's like an oral history kind of format where they talk to a lot of different people but i've read the um i read the print version and the ebook i haven't listened i don't know if there is an audio version because there's so many people that contribute yeah. but um that's if you like snl and you are interested in not just the people on the show, but also the writers and what goes behind the scenes in making that show. That Live from New York is definitely a good read there. Um, and also, speaking of kind of late night TV, there is a book called The War for Late Night by Bill Carter. And that talks about some of the drama but behind a couple of years ago with Jay Leno mm-hmm. and David Letterman and Conan O'Brien. Um, I think Bill Carter also wrote the book in the 90s specifically about the Leno Letterman feud that was going on in the 90s and then he updated and wrote a new book um, covering what went on with Conan O'Brien and how he was given the Tonight Show and then Jay Leno basically took it back like Jay Leno said he was leaving passed it on to Conan and then they gave it back to Jay so a lot of um, interesting facts about what happened there and talking to different people involved with that um, and that came out pretty quickly after that happened. Yeah. So that was pretty topical book. Um, I found that interesting. Um, I'm just going to jump in because uh, we do have actually Overdrive has the audiobook of Live from New York. Um, and something that when you brought that up in the list that made me think of um, the same authors, Tom Shales and James Andrew Miller. They also wrote one, uh, wrote a book called These Guys Have All the Fun. Mm. And it's the same idea of Saturday Night Live, but it's the background history of ESPN. Oh, um, so, and it's all something right. where um, even if you're not interested in sports at all, like the rise of a literal media empire and how the decisions get made into going into creating Sports Center and creating ESPN2 and all these different things. Um, it's really, really good. And it is relatively recent. So there's lots of um, 
interviews from people who are no longer at ESPN, so you can mm-hmm. kind of hear uh, different takes on it. And like I said, they they do just as in-depth of a job as they do with Live from New York as they do, and these guys have all the fun. So, um, nice. yeah, if you are a fan of Live from New York, and like I said, you don't even have to be a fan of sports to enjoy kind of the background mm-hmm. of ESPN because it's so massive now, and it's mm-hmm. part of ABC and Disney. That's all one big family, so... I would recommend that one as well. Add it to my list. Yeah, it's good. I have some that we that we did uh, the first time you were ever on the show when you and I talked a lot. But in case people missed it, one of the things we talked about was Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. And so we made Parks and Rec Rex because yeah, that was true. all you as well. Um, so if you like uh, Parks and Recreation, this isn't any like the background. They haven't done like a, a background to that, to that show. They all seem to like each other, so I don't think there would be much drama. Mm-hmm. But if you liked... Parks and Recreation, and you should because it's the best show of all time. <laughs> uh, Aziz Ansari has Modern Romance. Nick Offerman has Gumption, as well as he's done two of them now. He's yeah. done Gumption and Good Clean Fun. Is Good that Clean his Fun most is his one? most recent one. Um, and then Paddle Your Own Canoe was mm. his first one. Uh, Amy Poehler, of course, has Yes Please, and Rob Lowe has both. Stories I only tell my friends and love life, I think. Yeah, I think that was the second one. So, again, I don't want to talk about those for more than a couple of seconds because we talked about them a lot when the you and I first yes, spoke about yes, them. We, but we may have chatted quite a while on some of those. Yeah, this is just... <laughs> also deeply love Parks and Rec. So good. Um, but, yeah, there's a ton. So Parks and Rec with Amy Poehler's book, if you like... 30 Rock, obviously, you should read Tina Fey's. Or, yes, you Well, should. listen to Tina right. Fey's Fossey yes. Pants. Um, Mindy Project, Mindy Kaling's books. I always put plugs in for Mindy's books. Yes, I love do. those. Um, and I think that there's a couple of other, like we've talked about in the past, like people that were on SNL mm-hmm. um, that in their biographies will share, they share stories about that time and that experience. Yeah. Um, there's an oral history so talking about espn and snl there's also an oral history about nickelodeon in like the 80s and early yeah. 90s i've heard you talk about this but i've never read it and yeah. i want to hear all so about it. it's called slimed <laughs> yeah Perfect. and it's about um some of the shows like when the network first started in the 80s and talking about with the creators of the network and some of the executives and why they decided to create a tv network for kids and kind of that kids programming but older outside of the educational kind of Sesame Street tilt. Um, And so it talks to that kind of executive level, um, some of the producers, writers, the cast, you know, child actors who are now adults reflecting back on, you know, Clarissa Explains It All and shows like that. Um, It stops at about the, I think, early to mid 90s point. So there are some shows I was thinking they would talk about that I grew up with that are included, but it really goes in um, to certain things like behind the scenes in the writer's room for Ren Stimpy and some of those um, issues that they faced in terms of some of the Ren and Stimpy content was maybe a little bit older than what Nickelodeon was originally hoping for their audience. So kind of walking that line of um, appropriateness Mm -hmm. and what they talked about. So worth a read. I found with that one, it was a little jumpy. Some of the oral histories are hard for me to follow because it depends on how they get organized and, um, especially in book format. I really like reading those extended oral history, like interviews. Sometimes in books, it gets a little bit weird depending on how they decide right. to organize. Mm-hmm. So with this one, I found hard to follow who some of the people were because they weren't always identifying who they, like what show they were connected to or Got it. Yeah. it wasn't easy for me to reference back on some of them. But 
I would say it's still worth kind of looking through, especially if you watched any of those shows growing up Indeed. or have any interest in that. So that one's called Slimed. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, and it's probably because I'm also a child of the 90s, but I feel like I would read an entire oral history on just like each one. Like I would read a whole book about all that and I would read a whole book about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Like basically like all the Snick at Night stuff. I feel like, Snick. Yeah. I, feel like I would do... I would read. I would read an oral history of the summer programming with Stick Stickly. I feel like, <laughs> like any of those things. And again, this might be a very niche of like, no, 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 just the, the three people in this room will listen to those. But getting really excited about those. Yeah, um, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's most of what I'd recommend. I also there are a lot of like fictional tie-ins for shows. So. Um, Castle, which is not on anymore. I think that just ended, but. Mm-hmm. The main character on there is a writer, and there's a whole series of books written by that author, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote. And the Bones series, which is just, I think this is its final season now. The main character, Temperance Brennan. Bones is still on. Yeah, Bones is still on. For forever. Um, Temperance Brennan, who is Bones on that show... I believe it was originally based on Kathy Wright's Correct. book. Yes. And so she's continued to make Temperance Brennan books, and mm-hmm. there's Temperance Brennan series. So obviously, if you like that character, you're probably going to like the character in the books, too. She has a YA series as well. Interesting. Um, Baby Bones? No. No, I don't know if it... Like, I don't... No, it's not... Uh, <laughs> Don't think it's tied Boneheads. I'm so proud of myself. Oh, you guys. <laughs> um, um, I have to find them. I have to find it. I'm not. It's a whole series. Uh, baby Bones. It's the, baby, baby Bones. It's actually a children's can't series. I not talk to you anymore. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's called Virals, the Virals series. I don't think it's actually connected to Bones, but it's there's some sci-fi, but it's young adult. And so, you know, if you're... A young adult watcher, mm-hmm. a teenager, or even adult who watches bombs. That's a good option, too. Um, I think I saw somewhere in the list, and our friend Christina would be very angry at us if we didn't talk about Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. <laughs> yes, good call. So I know if you just search for Buffy the Vampire Slayer at Overdrive, a bunch of stuff comes up. I didn't have any books prepared ahead of time. I don't know if you guys knew of any, but I know that they are, there are lots of comic books mm-hmm. that expand the world. And I'm sure at some point she'll bring it up. But <laughs> I know that for Buffy fans... Yeah, actually, Joss Whedon, who created Buffy, um, he's created a lot of different, similar kind of um, sci-fi fantasy kind of themed shows and he has a couple of uh, graphic novels or comics spinned off of Buffy, Angel, and then also um, Firefly, Firefly yeah. which is the TV Serenity show ever. series. It's real, real good. So if you even search for Joss Whedon in like on overdrive.com, you oh, will find yeah. a lot of good things because he's connected to all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's definitely a good tie-in if you're a fan of those. Um, and I think there's a couple like that. And there are a lot of TV shows that were based on books, just like there are a lot of movies based on books. And so, like, The Walking Dead. I was going to say, we actually kind of tie in there. We actually made a list um, on overdrive.com this week of new TV series coming in 2017 based on books that I'm happy to read off to you guys if you would like. Yeah, let's talk about some of All right. So, a lot of these are these are the ones that are like the big, there's a ton of them, but the ones that are getting the biggest buzz is. Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn is becoming mm. a TV series. I'm always interested how they'll take one book and turn it into a TV series. So Especially Sharp Objects that. by Gillian Flynn. That's mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. It is very dark. Um, speaking of dark, uh, American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Same thing. It's yeah. a 
expansive book, and I could see how they could turn that one into a series, but it's interesting because there's a few others like the Corman Strike series. So right. um, Cuckoo's Calling mm-hmm. and the other one, the Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling books. There's three of them, and they are very much a series. So I mm. can see how that could be a series on TV, but... You forgot, like... I'm... Are you not done yet? No, there's so many. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> there's going one through. in particular. You I know, and I'm gonna know. get to it. I'm gonna get to the one that you're most excited about. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, another one is 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah. And they're putting that on Netflix, and it's a 13 episode series. So each one, if you're familiar with 13 Reasons Why, yeah. there's 13 different audio tapes. Now I'm just dragging this out to make Joe mad. I know you are. Uh, 13 Reasons Why has 13 different audio tapes about why. This young girl in high school committed suicide, and I'm guessing each show will be about each of those mm-hmm. tapes. Um, Brave New World is also going to be a television series. So is Anne of Green Gables. Oh, um, I love Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. We already know. mentioned. The old one is so, you know, the one from the 80s is so good. The 80s, mm-hmm. 90s. It's oh. sort of hard to imagine a new one. Speaking of dark, uh, the Golden, the his Dark Materials series. Is going to be mm, interesting a a series, and there's so many more on this list. But would you like to talk about The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. <laughs> Go oh, ahead. Speaking of Rory Gilmore, she's on that show. She is on that show. Yeah. Oh, see, she's wait. She's gonna be on The Handmaid's. She's Tale? gonna be on The Handmaid's Tale. Alexis Splitell. I mean, I, sh- I should use <laughs> no, the actress's <laughs> name, Rory Gilmore. It's so okay. It's when fine. I saw her in Mad Men, I would be like, Rory, what are you if doing? If you would have said yes, her real name, right. I'd have been like, Who? Are we <laughs> Who that? Who that? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So The Handmaid's Tale is coming out this year. Um, yes, it is. Jill's doing her happy dance. I'm doing a happy dance. So it's is it coming out? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Hulu? I, it's on Hulu. Okay. <laughs> She's dancing on Hulu. Shoulder, April. Missing, shoulder dancing. Which is so weird because The Handmaid's Tale is not exactly a happy story. But um, in fact, most of the things I just mentioned aren't happy stories. <laughs> no, that is very, very true. Yeah. A, very, well, I suppose TV is going with societal never mind um so Uh, i've I've seen there has been a few trailers right for there have been yeah there's been some trailers it's got elizabeth moss as alfred the main character uh it's tv show i don't know how many episodes it's going to be um but yeah it's on hulu what are your what are your thoughts on after seeing the trailer do you feel good about it i feel good about it i i saw the movie from like the 80s or whatever it was Mm-hmm. Not fabulous. Um, <laughs> it had a good cast, but uh-huh. the movie itself was not good. But I, I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, this is one of those books where, you know, the idea of turning it into a series, it's not a very long book. Mm-hmm. And right. so turning it into a series will be interesting. But, you know, then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, they cut this out and that out. And so maybe mm-hmm. the series will allow them to kind of really expand and focus on some of the things yeah. so i think a lot of times i they we they don't do this much anymore but miniseries used to be so awesome when they would like promote stuff for a really long time and do a miniseries something that they did um i can't remember what channel it was on i think it was stars but they did pillars of the earth by ken Follett, mm. which i talked about a bunch is one of my favorite books i got so excited it was going to be this miniseries and i was and it was before like i didn't see any trailers or anything i was just like nope don't care i'm gonna love it it's such a great story and it was like shot on a handy cam like it was like all shaky within 10 minutes i was like what? nope this is not what Weird. i'm gonna yeah so i'm always super res- I, american gods is another one of my favorite books ever so i'm yeah. cautiously optimistic because the cast looks really fantastic but i'm just so afraid of like watching the first episode of any of these series and just saying mm-hmm. nope that's not gonna happen but um 
yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Like I said, series of unfortunate events is on Netflix now, and I want very much to start watching it, but haven't had time. So I I think there there is I um they're doing a TV series eventually of her other series, um, Orcs and Crake, which is my favorite Margaret Atwood book, and the whole series is good, but it's being adapted. I'm just not sure when yet, mm-hmm. but that'll be on the. Um, that's, oh. that's the one I'm going to be like. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I will say uh, for fans of um, True Blood, uh, Charlene Harris has a Midnight Texas series, which I'm not familiar with, but their launch it has there's several books in that, and they're, mm. they're, there's going to be a TV series on that as well. Our coworker Rachel is is a big fan of that series. Yeah, yeah, she's excited for that. We watched True Blood, so I will probably give it a chance because. True Blood was one of those shows for every episode. I'd be like, that is ridiculous. And then the next week I'd be like, well, what am I going to do? That I should probably just <laughs> invest it now. So. Um, but if you if, if you go to overdrive.com and click the Explore button, um, we have a full list of the most anticipated TV series coming in 2017 based on books, which is perfect pro- timing. Perfect list. timing, yeah. And that list already exists, so we don't have to make an even longer list for the this particular podcast. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. Are there other things you guys want to talk about? I, I don't want to keep Melissa here longer than she has to because she's fighting yeah, through this I for us. probably go get some more tea. Yeah. But, Sounds good. Yeah. No, this is great. Thanks for letting me ramble about TV and books, guys. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. And then, as always, I forgot to do this at the beginning. Great job by me again. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we have our own Twitter and our own email now. So it's at ProBookNerds. That's Jill and I. So you'll very much be talking to us, not even like a company. It's just Jill and I talking all the time. Uh, and then you can email ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. That's also Jill and I. So let us know what you're reading and what we'll give you some book recommendations and all that good jazz. So, yeah. Anything mm-hmm. else? I don't think so. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, ladies. Thanks, guys. Great chatting, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast... That's a hard no about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.